Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. For this episode, I am finally getting around to sharing my experience of postpartum anxiety. It got me real good and it wasn't fun. But I had Layla. She is a matrescence facilitator and founder of Nuanua.com, which offers a series of supports and courses for expectant and new mothers, helping them to thrive in the transition into motherhood. And she guided me so wonderfully through the anxiety in those first few weeks, helping me to better understand it and reassuring me that despite what you might see on social media, it's incredibly normal to feel overwhelmed and sometimes very anxious when you've just had a baby. So here we talk about postpartum anxiety, what's going on, what it is, what's happening physically and emotionally and how we can help our bodies and minds to find equilibrium again, as well as what needs to happen at a societal level to normalize these very normal experiences. I hope you enjoy it and thanks as always for your feedback and reviews. Leila Omar, thank you so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. I, in my introduction, was listing off all of your incredible accolades to date, but how would you describe what you do for new mothers in particular? I guess what I do is I work with mums both when they're pregnant, help them prepare for the journey into motherhood, be that for the first time with the first baby or for the second or third or fourth baby when mums really want to try and do things differently. So I guess I look on what I'm doing with with those mums is is a role that's kind of been lost or missed out on, I guess, in our culture today where before we would have had a knowledge of the fact that this is a transition and that we really need to rest and recover and give ourselves the space to feel a bit wobbly for a while. Um, And we've kind of lost that, I think, in a lot of Western countries. So I guess that's that's what I see my role as. Um, So quite practical advice, but also mindset stuff. And then I work with mums after birth, both one-on-one, kind of holding mama's hands in those early days and weeks. Um, And we did a bit of that work together. Just being there as a sounding board and as somebody who can say, I've been there, you know, everything's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. 
I'm here to hold you and we're here to work this out together. And then also I do work with with groups of mums at different stages of, of their, their motherhood journey, looking at this idea of matrescence um, and how the transformation that goes, goes on when we become a mum can affect our lives on so many different levels and how it can be a really empowering and transformative thing once we have the language and the understanding around it. The words just hand-holding ring so true for me. You're the first person. I don't even remember, did I like reach out to you and say, please help me? I can't even remember how we got set up because I know we were talking before I had the baby and I was in this blissful ignorance of thinking you just have the baby and then you're just fine. It's all bliss. And the reality for me was was quite different and quite a shock. And I, I feel very patchy on the sequence of events that brought me to you, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me because... You were the first and probably the only person who could really reflect back to me that the anxiety that I was feeling was okay and it was normal. And not only that, but it was kind of necessary to become the mother that I was going to become. It doesn't just happen overnight. Just for context, I suppose that's for, for people to know that that you were you were like a postpartum doula, albeit in a virtual manner for me when I first had my baby. So I want to talk on this podcast about postnatal anxiety what it is what it isn't I think people conflate it with like just that day two or three baby blues and then sometimes there's overlap people just kind of lump it in with postnatal depression and so I'd love to kind of tease apart that and what's going on with our bodies hormonally physically after we have a baby why it's so significant I haven't on the podcast yet talked about my experience postpartum which I'm interested to hear from your perspective because you were the one with a clear head listening to me when I felt like inside out and upside down and then hopefully I would love to be able to give people listening who are either expecting or are in that place now of feeling really overwhelmed if we can give them some sort of actionable advice if that sounds good to you. Yeah, that's a good a good chat to be had there with all of that for sure. So I suppose to start then, we're so I mean this is a quote that you've you've said yourself before, we're so over prepared for labor and so under prepared mm. for what happens next. And I certainly thought that having the baby was the finish line and I actually was incredibly calm in the labor process because I said, you've done it, you're here now, this is the part you were scared of, this is the hard part, it's going to be just gorgeous from now on and you're going to be at home with your baby and it's all going to click into place because everyone tells you it's you're just going to know what to do. That when I then felt like, oh God, why am I crying my eyes out? Why am I feeling terrified? Why am I feeling so physically anxious? I didn't have a clue what was going on. I didn't know why because I almost didn't want to know what was going to come next so can we talk about just even to start with like on a physical level I remember you saying to me that when you give birth to like the placenta it's like essentially a hormone factory that has just left your body so it's a huge deal that we tend to just diminish yeah absolutely I think that there's two sides to, to understanding this sense of overwhelm and anxiety that we we all go through on some level after we give birth, I think, be it maybe not anxiety, but definitely feeling out of our element. And the first side of it is what's meant to happen within our bodies and within our emotional journey and, and within our hormonal system. We're meant to change. As you said, you know, during pregnancy, we have this beautiful organ that is the placenta 
that produces over 200 hormones. And, you know, some of those hormones go over 30 times what the base level is during, during the rest of our lives. So we have these, all of these hormones coursing through our body, doing really vital things, growing ears, growing fingernails, doing everything that we need to do to produce a baby. And then we birth that after we give birth to our baby. And with that, as you said, we give birth to, to all of that, that, that hormone factory. So there is a huge drop in our hormone levels after birth. And that's what's classically known as that day three kind of baby blues. But it takes longer than that to, to recalibrate all of those hormones and to rebalance all of those hormones. And what can happen is that if we don't feel safe, and this is where another amazing hormone comes into play called oxytocin, which you hear a lot about. The role of oxytocin during labor is to help with labor. It's involved with the letdown of milk. It helps us feel gooey. It helps us feel mushy. It helps us bond with our baby, understand its cues. But if you imagine having that in the wild, the other side of oxytocin is that if we feel threatened or we don't feel safe in our environment or where we don't feel like we're, we're in a little nest in our little cave, oxytocin makes us feel very on edge, very protective. You know, you hear of these wild animals, mothers who protect their young by, you know, going crazy and attacking people because they're protecting their young. And so, and that's the other side of oxytocin. So if we don't have a space where we feel safe or if we're anxious about things or if we don't feel that we trust ourselves, then those hormones don't have a chance to, to recalibrate in the way that they can, in the way that they should. And we can feel anxious and nervous and unsure for a lot longer. So it's one of the reasons I'm really passionate about really helping mums prepare for their postpartum so that we create this really safe bubble that we can have a wobble in, but that we also have enough support that the factory that we've given birth to and that need to, to rebalance have a chance to do that in a supported manner. And that alone is, is such a significant thing to ask of your body, but then you add in the process of giving birth, being handed the newborn baby, the exhaustion, and it's like a, a double whammy. It's a lot to ask of your body to try and balance everything back. Then sleep deprivation brings in a whole other element of disturbing those hormones. I actually did a, a hormone special episode on hormones and anxiety just recently in the series. So there's a bit of overlap there, but I think it's so important to just know what's going on with your body after birth because so much of the anxiety for me was first of all I don't understand this and I shouldn't feel this way I don't know that it's normal so then that adds you already have the very tangible anxiety that might come about from the hormones being all over the place and you know you can't just think your way out of it it's just you've got to give it time to balance and yes you can do things to help it along but then the anxiety that gets perpetuated by the panic of like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel amazing right now? Yeah. And I think there's also, so we go into to, to motherhood without any preparation in, in very many ways. And like you were saying, we go in thinking that we've crossed the finish line already. And I guess as modern women, we're, we're living lives where we achieve things and we have goals and we have lists and, you know, we're able to fix things um, and we're able to Google things and we're able to sort things out in that way. And then we go into motherhood and 
suddenly, you know, in those early postpartum days, our brains aren't working in the way that we can form a list. You know, you were talking about how hazy that time was for you. And that's right. You're meant to be in a, in a kind of a mushy space. That's what oxytocin is doing for you. But we're so used to going into situation and sorting it and fixing it and finding a solution and suddenly we find ourselves in a space where there isn't a really easy solution you know we have to wake every two hours in the middle of the night to feed a baby and I think that can be really unsettling for us because we're not used to being in in this more right brain space in this more in many ways kind of feminine space because our lives up to now haven't needed it and we haven't functioned in that way. I find that that alone is a huge anxiety trigger um, for for new mums. And a lot of my work and a lot of the work that we did together was really learning to trust ourselves, trust our instincts in that space and to know when your baby is actually okay and to, you know, learn the cues, learning the cries, you know, there's, 30 different pieces of advice about whatever it is we're looking up and to know what is right for you um, and to trust that instinct. It doesn't happen overnight. And I know that you have read it and got a lot out of Naomi Stadlin's book, What Mothers Do, especially when it looks like nothing. But she talks a lot in that book, um, as you know, about how we're meant to make mistakes. We're meant to be in a space where we try something and it doesn't work. And we learn from that and we, we try something else. And something works one day and then the next day it doesn't. That's the nature of this space that we, we go into. And it's not a space that that we live in day to day, you know, in the rest of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a big shift for me. Even as time went on, it was allowing for the part of your brain that has to just figure things out and trial and error when we live our life so much there's no trial and error we try something we work hard at it and it's successful if you work that hard at something it should work out it's a completely different shift in how we live and I found that very hard it probably was a source of anxiety for me but I suppose just to fill people in on where I was knowing everything I know about anxiety I was surprised that it hit me as hard as it did and I was surprised that I couldn't in those weeks you know the first few weeks I couldn't identify it and then just work it out of myself like it was a real shock to my system you kind of think well here I am with this podcast and I've written these books like I I thought I kind of figured it out by now so it, it extra floored me because I wasn't expecting it and I was looking up online about postpartum anxiety and a lot of the really common things seem to be these worrisome thoughts around what if something happens to the baby or imagining all these worst case scenario things and for me it wasn't really anything like that for me it was this complete an utter fear and feeling of being lost at sea and anxiety in terms of my own ability to fulfill this new role that I had. It's quite hard to even articulate it because I still feel a lot of shame around it, which further perpetuates the anxiety and even just anxiety in general. When we feel like we don't have a right to feel this way or we shouldn't feel this way, we feel it more. So that's a whole other issue. But I remember being in the bedroom and like Barry would go to the, Barry, my husband would go to the bathroom and I would panic because he'd leave me alone with the baby. And I just felt so untrusting of myself and 
uncut out for it. I kept saying these things like maybe I was never meant to be a mother maybe I'm not cut out for it because I didn't feel like this instinctual I just know what to do I didn't have a clue what to do and for me it was also very very physical as well because I was pumping sweat like there's no tomorrow and maybe that was the epidural me I don't know maybe not maybe you can shed some light on that but the sweating for me was so intense that it would cool down and then I'd have like the shakes and stuff so then I was like I felt like I was very physically having a lot of anxiety in the mornings I kept having an upset stomach I would wake up with this surge of cortisol which we know from this podcast happens anyway on a normal day you get a boost of cortisol to wake you up in the morning I obviously had quite a lot of that going on because I was feeling very on edge so I had this nervous tummy every morning I just felt physically the complete depths of anxiety that I thought I was kind of over and done with and then add on all the layers of feeling so much shame of everyone saying to you oh congratulations it's amazing are you so happy are you so in love and I was like why the fuck do I feel this way this is not normal I'm a monster it was horrible because you know you don't see this side of it on social media you only see the more curated moments um, and therefore you get a skewed perception of what you're supposed to feel like or what it's supposed to look like and it all kind of snowballed for me really starting off with the physical feelings the tears which just kept coming momentarily switching from tears of oh my god he's going to grow up someday and he won't be my baby anymore to tears of oh my god I didn't realize it was going to be this hard like I don't know how to do this even thoughts like and it's hard to say it but I suppose I had some thoughts around like did I want this? Did I, even though I did want it, when I realized how hard it was going to be and how significant it was, I felt this like mourning for like life before I became a parent. And I don't even like saying that out loud. I actually feel my body rising with the the guilt for even having had those thoughts. But all these things were trundling around in my head and, and creating this anxiety storm. And yeah, so I mean, I suppose that's just to give people an insight into, into where I was at. I, fi- I really felt riddled with anxiety and out of my depth and then very hard on myself for feeling that way and the fear of judgment and the fear of there being something wrong. So in your experience, am I an outlier or is it quite common? I think it's hugely common and there's so many things that you, you touched on there. Like you were saying with the, the social media stuff or even outside of social media, the message is that, you know, once the baby is born, you are kind of to a degree erased from the picture that you're presented with and this baby becomes everything and if the baby is healthy you must be delighted and everything you know centers around this this little creature and that's it's not how it should be and it's not the way it's meant to be the mother is meant to be at the center of that and when she feels supported and when she feels happy and when she feels safe then the baby will be fine. So you are this this mother baby unit when you give birth and it takes a while for that to separate and it takes a while to feel okay with that as well. And then also, you know, saying, you know, I I felt afraid when when Barry was leaving the room or, or, you know, had to go to work or leaving to go to the bathroom. We're not meant to do this on our own. And, you know, if ever there was a year that it's been made seem you know, triply hard and highlighted that it's been this year with the pandemic, but we're, we're not meant to mother on our own. We're not meant to be with our babies 24 seven, caring for them within our, the four walls of our home. So it's a very natural response to feel anxious when you are left on your own as a vulnerable. If you imagine you giving birth in the wild and how 
physically unsettled you felt and sweats and all of this stuff you know you're exhausted you've a sore back you've just given birth you've got tears whatever it is nature didn't mean for you to then care for another tiny vulnerable creature because it's not smart evolution the chances of your survival are very slim and we haven't really evolved very far from that place um, in terms of you know our, our programming we're not meant to be doing this on our own we're meant to be doing it with a great support system around us that allows us find our feet fall in love with our baby which is something I'll, I'll come to in a minute when you're talking about do I even want this and you know feed whatever way is working for you to feed your baby and we're not meant to be doing that on our own. So feeling anxious when we're on our own is a very natural response to an unnatural situation is how I look on it. And I think even alone knowing that is helpful because, you know, it, it, it's okay. Well, this is something that's not really meant to be happening. So it's normal for me to feel like this. And, you and know, it makes you than, realize it's not your fault. You're not doing yeah, something wrong. You're I not failing. Yeah, you're you know? not failing. It's actually yeah. the, the circumstance we're in is going against mm-hmm. us and what's natural. Exactly. It's a, and it's so many of the, the things that come up with moms that I talk to, my answer is your response is a really natural response to a very unnatural situation. And there's a woman that I've done a lot of work with called Amy Taylor Cabaz, who works a lot with this idea of matrescence, which we might touch on a bit in a moment. But but she talks about somebody who said to her, a good friend of hers, who was saying exactly the same thing as you talking about, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't have all these gushing feelings the moment I met it. Yes, I'm very happy with my baby and everything, but I don't have this overwhelming, deep, deep love that I thought you were supposed to have. And her friend said to her, think of a relationship. Of course, you're in lust at the beginning when you meet your fella at the disco and you have a snog and you do those first few dates and it's all great and flirty and fun. But that's just lust at that point. Even if you end up marrying that man, it takes a long time to build up that relationship of deep love. And the way that you build that relationship of love is through you know, a couple of fights, things going wrong, somebody making a mistake, you know, going through something hard together, sharing those little beautiful moments together, whatever they are. And that applies to you and your baby as well. You know, of course you have deep feelings for them when they're born, but it takes a while to have that really deep, deep feeling. And I thought that was a really wonderful and true insight um, that she shared. So, so yeah, and it's then that idea of mourning your life before is, oh, I totally understand that. I totally identify with it. And I think so many of the moms I work with, I hear that from, and it's completely, it's completely natural. You know, you go through your life as, as Caroline and you're just Caroline you're an individual you're on your own you know you're autonomous completely and you might be in a relationship you might be married you might have friends and family but you're you and then you give birth and that changes fundamentally and forever and I don't think you would like to go back and, and and lose what you have now but it's okay and neither would I three kids down the line but it's okay to to mourn what what has gone before while because with the matrescence and this idea that you 
go through a transformation that's not unlike adolescence when you become a mother. Um, it takes time to work out who you're going to be you know, in the future. It's not something that kind of you pop out your baby on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday onto your matrescence. You don't turn 16 and you've done your adolescence over the 24 hours of your birthday. So I, I think it's it's really important to talk about that and talk about the fact that it's okay to, to mourn who we were before and to not be quite sure where we're headed. I think it's a very unspoken truth for a lot. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think so. And I think we'll get to talking about what people can do or how they can prepare or if they are in that position now and they're feeling anxious, maybe what's practical that can be helpful because I get an mm. awful lot of messages from people saying, Caroline, I'm you know five weeks in I I didn't think I was going to feel this way I feel so anxious I've never felt this way before like I don't know what to do and I'm worried and I'm like just wanting to just wrap my arms around them and give them a cushion to fall back on like you did for me because I think one part of the problem is like you say we're dealing with this very big physical transformation that's going to take time to adjust and to, to reset and find that equilibrium again hormonally but then like a huge part of it like I touched on earlier is that expectation versus reality and the fear of judgment and I put myself out there as you know when I had Kaylin even in the hospital I was sharing from there I was saying whoa like I was feeling really overwhelmed and and that's just been always been my coping mechanism to open up and vocalize it and I guess I'm looking for reassurance when I do that and I got it from countless women who said, I felt the exact same. I felt the exact same. You just don't hear about it. It takes a while and you will, you know, in a couple of months time, you just, you'll feel, and I do, like I very quickly started to feel, I mean, I'm sure even over the course of the phone calls we had, you could probably notice me getting a little bit more trusting of myself as time went on. But what I then unfortunately found out was, so there's this website in Ireland called 
I don't even want to name it. It's it's such a piece of shit website, but it's the, apparently the most visited website in the country, and it's where unfortunately lots of women unfortunately go and comment on women who are mostly women in the public eye or have any kind of following or profile and basically tear them apart. And someone had sent me a message on Instagram at Christmas time, and it wasn't very nice because I share my vulnerability. It was giving the impression that I wasn't a fit mother or my my baby was not in good hands and that to me just kind of confirmed well this is why women are so afraid to say it's difficult or just mm-hmm. to, to verbalize things because of this judgment which you're just reinforcing and then it opened me up to this website that existed with this thread and there's threads about lots of different women who are who have a bit of a following and there was all these nasty comments written by other mothers about me saying like Jesus she's not the first person to have a baby she needs to just get over it the dramatics like if she thinks she's tired now wait till six months she's so self-absorbed focus on the baby the poor baby she's all about herself and all of that I only actually came across it a while ago and I felt like crap and it really hurt me and I felt very wounded and bruised and almost like this why did I share why was I why did I allow myself to open up that vulnerability and it's precisely why I had to and it's precisely why I think we have to, and with all of your work, normalize that it's okay for it not to feel amazing and it's okay to say it's not okay. So people stop judging in this way. So it becomes normal. So it becomes something that you don't think, wow, she's obviously not fit to be a mother. So that was like a huge, the fear of judgment for me was massive. And, you know, I was looking for reassurance left, right and center from my friends, from other people who were, who I didn't know who had been through before. And then to see those comments just Mm -hmm. made me realize where we're at as a society that people still don't like it if you come out of having had a baby saying anything other than oh my god it's amazing and to be honest even if I had said all that then I would have been accused of being too perfect oh you can't win you can't, you can't you win really can't win but what do you think needs to happen at a more society level mm. to, to help with this postpartum experience like obviously the knowledge yeah. is, is power but our attitudes towards it needs to change there's a few things. I think the, the big thing that jumped out at me and a big aha moment for me when I was understanding it all, not so much that I ever felt judgment from other moms in my own experience. I'm not so high in public profile on that level, but in terms of my own internal guilt about certain things, it's a huge thing when you give birth of suddenly like, where does all this bloody guilt come from about everything that I'm doing? Am I good enough? And this idea of what a good mother is and what a good mother means. And I think a lot of those comments are coming from a thought process that says that a good mother is someone who's completely selfless. A good mother is somebody who is self-effacing, who never says that they're feeling in any way other than great and fine. And if they're not fine, well, then we don't need to share that. And is there to turn up for their kids, to always look well, to always be at the school gates on time, to put themselves before their children the whole time, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And whether or not we believe those things, I didn't cognitively believe those things going into motherhood, but I certainly had somehow imbued them into my belief system when I was you know feeling guilty about parenting or feeling am I doing enough as a mother or should I be working should I not be working should I be breastfeeding should I be co-sleeping should I be whatever it is and I think that kind of societal 
image that is projected about what a good mother is, is really damaging, particularly because like you're saying, you know, you, you, you had a baby, millions of people have had babies should just kind of suck it up and not share. And, you know, we've all gone through it. I think we really need to, to pick that apart and start to, to, to really explore what a good mother is. And for me, a good mother is a happy woman and what makes you feel safe and what makes you feel confident and supported and loved is how you're going to be a good mother. Um, and I think that is a huge thing that needs to shift. And also then what success means, because the other side of that is, you know, we see then what a successful woman is and that we need to be busy and we need to be out there. We need to be achieving and hitting goals and doing all of that. And I, I work with a lot of mums uh, who feel really frustrated that they're not able to, to do what they used to do before on the same kind of scale or in the same way or that they don't want to and then feel a failure for that. So we, we have a lot that we're carrying on our backs. Plus, there's very little value put on, on motherhood as a job. You know, there's, there's a lot going on there, but a lot of those comments sound to me like they're coming from a place of, you know, this concept of a good mother that is quite destructive, I think. Yeah, well, that's a nicer way of saying it. I just want to call them all, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try and be as diplomatic as you. So I want to talk about advice and tips that people can actually put in place. So obviously for me, I didn't go into it with a plan. I was so focused on the baby and didn't think I had any place in the, the aftercare plan. It was just how do you bathe the baby? How do you check their temperature? How do you, you know, this, that and the other. It was never anything like how do I look after my stitches if I get them or, you know, anything like that. Never mind the mental health side of things. But if someone finds themselves in a position like I was in, can we talk through what in your head was the best approach for me to take from that position of feeling like I was in the depths of anxiety and those small steps? I think, I mean, first of all, just talking about it with someone uh, such as yourself yeah. was part of getting me feeling a little bit more balanced again. So what else would you say is important to consider at this point? Yeah, I think you're right. It's a really good starting point. And it doesn't have to be if you can't access a postpartum doula like myself or, or somebody, a friend, a trusted friend, your partner, whoever it is, to just sit down and say, listen, I, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Can you be a sounding board? Can you listen? And I think like a lot of my my job, as I see it with when I'm working with mums like you, I gave you very little advice. I really just held a space for you. And you had so many, you bowled me over actually with the level of insights that you had in the midst of what you've described and your memory of it. You were so insightful really when you kind of allowed yourself that pause to listen to what you really needed. Um, and you know the answers within you. And I know that can kind of sound like I just want somebody to tell me what to do and fix it. But there's great value in really starting to, to trust yourself within that situation. Because I think a lot of the way that we go into motherhood and the, the way that things are presented is that we need somebody to sort us out. We need an expert. We need, and of course, lactation consultants. And there's very many others that are a really important support 
but we know an awful lot ourselves. And so to just know that, I think if anybody is listening, trust yourself and, and those will come and you have a lot of the answers. I think also physically, there's a few things that we, we work together with that I work with a lot of mums that physically help us that we can do to ground our bodies that will help us with those levels of anxiety. So you were talking about kind of hot sweats and that feeling of nausea in your stomach early in the morning and mind racing and all of that. And from, you know, an Ayurvedic perspective, my postpartum doula training was a lot of emphasis on the Ayurvedic approach to postpartum care. Ayurvedic is in, in traditional Indian medicine. And they would say that after birth, your energy is very vata, which is all up and it's wind and it's air and it's in your head. And what we need to do after birth is to ground you. So a postpartum massage um, that you can do yourself, which is basically rubbing yourself from head to toe with a nice oil. So starting at your scalp, going down around your jaw, releasing your jaw, your shoulders, your arms, across your chest, across your abdomen, where we hold a lot of that tension after birth down the backs of your legs and to your feet and doing that once a day it's incredible how much that really can ground you simple things like going outside walking around in your bare feet outside I have a lot of mums who contact me saying I just did that I feel like a different person just five minutes outside bare feet doesn't matter what time of the year it is on the grass the yoga nidra thing for me was, was like really, it was my little moments each day to say, look, I have to do this as part of my self-care. It's not being selfish. You know, exactly. me taking this time will help me get to a place of feeling more balanced so that I can then be the mother I want to be for Kaylin. So yeah, if you could just tell people like what that mm. involves, it's just gorgeous. I offer one on my website that you can buy as part of a kind of a sanctuary package that gives you the, the massage and other things as well, tells you how to do them. But it's basically a meditation that takes you to a space of very deep relaxation. And it talks you through the different areas of your body, essentially, and asks you to relax them. And it does it in a very simple, quite repetitive way that takes you to a very deep kind of space of relaxation that allows your body to to calm down and come out of what you were in in many ways which is that fight or flight response that adrenaline fueled response and it dials all of that down and brings up that parasympathetic nervous system response um which is all of those wonderful oxytocin and all of those hormones the calm and connect hormones that just help you to to breathe, lower anxiety levels and uh, be able to see the wood for the trees a little bit. It's so important to bring it back to that physical, like let's just look at your body, what you're dealing with, like what we said at the beginning. How can I actually go about helping my body to balance, to take it out of just your head and your thoughts and into, okay, well, it's not my fault. I can't just think my way out of this. I need to support my body. So doing that like a relaxation technique, whatever it is for you that helps you downregulate that stress response is going to help you to, to balance things. And, and that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a body that's out of balance. You know, it's yeah. not that you're just failing. And it's the same with anxiety in general. You know, I always, for people, want to bring it back to the hormones involved and working with yourself instead of working against yourself. And I think something that I learned from you as well was when you first have a baby, you're just like pumping the caffeine in and you're comfort eating with the sugar and everything because you just, you feel like shit. But 
with anxiety in general if you're feeling that way like I know that those are things that just like add more fuel to the fire so to be thinking about what you're putting into your body that's really nourishing and it all might sound quite like airy fairy but it all contributes towards calming your body down that's the job that we have to do like we were saying before it's not something that you're going to be able to think your way out of having a baby is such a primal experience anybody who's given birth be it through a c-section or through a vaginal birth it's a primal thing there ain't much thinking or logical thought there it's a physical primal experience and postpartum you're still in that space you know you're still in that 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 right brain you're meant to be you're meant to be in this mushy can't think non-logical space and it's a very physical space and we need to to support our body and give our body the right messages. So with a yoga nidra, with a relaxation, with it touching our bodies, get somebody else to massage you if you can. Tell our bodies that they're safe and then feed them the right foods. And we want sweets, we want sugar, and we should have sweet foods. Sweet foods are really important after birth but just not a load of jelly babies and a Mars bar. You know, we want slow release sugars and a nice sweet gooey slice of cake and a milky caffeine-free tea. We want those comforting foods. We want to tell our bodies that they're safe, but to do it in a way that is productive rather than kind of, I guess, working against them. And your course helps people, I suppose, if they're if they're pregnant now, they can set up a postpartum plan that really puts their well-being up there alongside the baby's well-being which is so often I think the problem where a lot of the anxiety comes from is that we get left behind and it's baby first and then you whereas I think it's like you say like if you're both part of the one system then your well-being has to be up there with the greatest importance mm-hmm. as well so I really encourage people to go and, and like read up about the course new and and it's dot com isn't it not that I it is yeah. yeah but for someone like like where I was who's who's really in the depths of thinking Jesus I like I did not think it was going to feel like this what's one thing you'd want to leave them with just as a bit of a, a verbal comfort hug or a bit mm-hmm. of reassurance even think back to it's almost healing talking about it now for me and I wish I could go back in time and say to myself it's okay it's a process and like it's necessary to feel this uncertainty to get to a place where you do feel more sure of yourself that would be kind of what I would say to someone I I think I would say something very similar um at the moment I'm thinking and talking a lot about this idea of a liminal space which is this space between and I think that's very much what those early weeks and months of postpartum are so there's a postpartum tradition around the world almost in in very many different countries of this period of rest and recovery and they all have a different name for it but the Chinese one of the words they call it is the gateway so it's this place that's neither here nor there you know it's a transitional space you know, in a space like that, we're not meant to have all the answers and we're not meant to feel quite ourselves. And I think, you know, looking back even on my own postpartum periods, um, understanding that and knowing that we're changing and we're, we're becoming a new person. Um, and it's that idea of if you think of it like part of adolescence, you know, your matrescence goes on a lot longer than those early weeks and months of postpartum. But during adolescence it can feel really rocky your hormones are all over the place you're bursting into tears or you're you're not sure of things everything is changing but that's a natural journey and a natural experience and at the other end of it out comes this new adult that is 
different to the child it was before, but still the same person. And you're on a very similar trajectory and a very similar journey as a new mom. And a new mom the first time or the 10th time round, you're a newborn mother every time. So just to know that and know that this is meant to happen, but also that you're not meant to do it on your own and that you're meant to be supported in it. Um, and to go out and look for that village if you don't have it, because unfortunately, with the life that we are in at the moment, we need we need to find those villages ourselves. Well, you were like the gatekeeper to a village that I didn't realize I needed. And now I have no problem asking for help. And, you know, it's so important to take those moments for myself. And, you know, I really do credit so much of me finding that balance again to you. And you really did emotionally hold me up at my most vulnerable time it is one of the most vulnerable times in a woman's life I think I don't think you'll ever feel as more intensely vulnerable as you do when you become a mother for the first time I hope not because it was a loss to deal with so yeah so thank you for everything that you did for me and thank you for all of your amazing insights here and I really hope that people listening feel comforted and have a bit more knowledge about what's going on postpartum with their body that there is things that you can do and that it's incredibly normal. And like you say, it's a normal reaction In we're not exactly in a normal situation. Absolutely, absolutely. And also Caroline, to thank you for sharing your journey, no matter what all those areas on whatever website it is was saying, what you're doing and how you've shared and the vulnerability you show gives such strength and such help to others. So good on you and good woman. And thank you for that as well. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.